You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, all you beautiful trail runners, you. So glad to have you listening to the Run the Riot podcast today. Today, we've got a special guest. Susie Swinehart, man, she she's a beast of a runner. I didn't even realize some of the things about her until we got into the interview. I mean, she's had a stroke. She's had a concussion on the trail. She's had major knee surgery. Uh, she's got lupus, but she is crushing <laughs> these races, man. I mean, she is she's doing some amazing things. She's done bad water. She's doing it again. You'll love this interview, man. It's really good. Before we get started with the interview, really quick, I want to uh, just just gotta gotta talk about our sponsors. All right. Um, first of all, um, this is a cool race. I I don't even know if you call it a race. Some of you guys have been doing virtual races. This one is called Pandemic Follies. Yeah, what is a Pandemic Folly? Well, it's a unique competition. Uh, you can do the short, you can do the long, or you can do the ultra distance. And it's crazy stuff. Yeah, it includes some running. And uh, if you do the ultra distance, it has some longer running. But it's got some crazy things like, you know, do some sets of jumping jacks while a cat ignores you. Uh, I don't know. You got to do some paddling in a in a canoe, wearing a football helmet. Uh, there's some burpees. There's some push-ups. There's 25 things that you got to do, and you can earn uh, these cool medals. You got to get see it. Um, if you want to check it out, go to Modest Gains. That is M-O-D-E-S-T-G-A-I-N-S dot net. Modestgains.net. Then you click on Pandemic Follies uh, up on the top bar, and you can check out this cool, cool virtual race. It looks like something would be fun to do as a family or a group of friends or a group of coworkers. Uh, check that out. Uh, and, and, hey, if you do it, you got to do some posts. You got to put it on, on social media so, so we can see the craziness. And if you do do those, if you do that, uh, please tag the Run the Riot podcast. Do, you could tag the, the, tag us as a, uh, you know, just run, run, run the Riot podcast, or you can do hashtag Run the Riot and we'll find it, uh, and we'll repost that stuff, put it in your stories, all that fun stuff. Anyway, uh, check that out. So pandemic follies, modestgains.net and click on it. Also, uh, t8.run, the number, the letter t, the number eight dot run. Uh, check that out. It's gear for ultra runners by ultra runners. Their flagship product is the Commando Shorts, guaranteed to keep you chafe-free. Uh, for a, a little discount, use 50-RUNTHERIOT. Again, that's 50-RUNTHERIOT. You go to www.t8.run. And also the Outlaw Race Series. Guys, check out the Outlaw Race Series. All right? you need Looking for a 100-miler? Everybody's looking for a 100-miler right now? Go, go to outlaw100.com. Check it out. You want a tough one? You want a challenge? It's a good one. Check that out. Uh, they're also home of the Flat Rock Triple Crown in South Kansas, the Lake McMurtry Run uh, here in Oklahoma, Flower Moon, and Dark and Dirty all in Oklahoma. So check those races out. Man, put on by some great people. They'll take care of you. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, also, you know, I'll just put it out there. If anybody wants to check out, um, you know, wants to support the podcast through Patreon, uh, you know, you throw a couple bucks a month uh, toward the podcast just to help with, with costs. You know, it costs to put this on the air equipment i had a computer crash a couple weeks ago um so i'm using a different one now but uh anyway no big deal if you want to i love what i'm doing but if you want to uh, partner with the podcast we've had some others that have done it and i thank you so much for for contributing 
uh, I don't take it lightly and I just, uh, I just appreciate it. So if anybody wants to, to do that, if you're getting some value out of the podcast, man, feel free. You go to the website and there's a Patreon link there or search on Patreon for Run the Riot podcast. All right. Enough of all that fun stuff. Uh, we've got, a, like I said, we've got a cool lady here uh, who's been crushing some trail runs and overcoming some some difficult things. She's she works, she's a mom, and she runs a lot of miles so that she can go out and run a lot of miles on races. Ladies and gentlemen, Susie Swinehart. All right, today on the Run the Riot podcast, we've got from, uh, what is it, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Susie Swinehart. How you doing today? Hey, I'm not bad. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, thanks so much for uh, sending the kids out so we can, uh, we can, <laughs> we can have a visit. <laughs> yeah, that's challenging at times. Yeah, yeah. My crew just left, too, so it's uh, good timing. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so you and I, I, you, you were on my radar where you and I are both on the ultra red team. And, uh, so I, I kind of looked you up and I noticed you were just doing a lot of races and doing a lot of things. And I was like, wow, she's, she's done quite a bit. I was like, I, I'd like to get to know a little bit more about Susie and, and, and share, you know, with, with everyone, what you do, you and I are roughly the same age. I love seeing people about my age, Killing it, so that's good, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't mention how old I am. No, I'm nothing at all. We, we're gonna keep that <laughs> quiet. We'll keep that quiet. But um, so, um, you're you're you've been running quite a bit of uh, ultras, hundred miles. Uh, I looked at your, your ultra sign up, and so um, let's let's just go to the beginning. When did you did start running? Did you did you do any other athletic endeavors as as a kid, or uh, yeah, what started all that? Yeah, well, I've been, I was like an extremely active kid. Um, I did every sport. I was one of those kids who every season I had a new sport. Um, actually, my, I was a very good basketball player, um, oh. was recruited collegiately, um, played some basketball my freshman year, um, messed my knee up, had three surgeries, and I went back into running again. So I had been a runner since I was about eight years old. Mm. Um, ran with my dad. Um, he put me in all kinds of road races and I ran cross country, track, basketball. Um, yeah, I was, I played tennis, softball, soccer. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I just kind of did. I just had some natural athletic ability and, you yeah. know, it kept me out of trouble. Um, I was a very hyperactive child. <laughs> you had to have a, a somewhere to avenue for it is that it? yes for sure i'm sure my parents appreciated just getting me out the door and keeping me burning up all my energy yeah and I do the same with my own kids now yeah so are you uh are you uh, you know it's hard to tell on facebook because it's funny uh and on on social media I, I i meet people and i like i always thought you'd be taller or you know or, or they'd say that to me i thought you'd be bigger uh, are you yeah. are you are you taller uh to, like mm -hmm. since you, you did basketball or just not real. I'm five five, five okay, five yeah. and a half, a little over five five. Um, yeah. I was a guard. Um, I was very scrappy, very okay. good defensive player, very good three point shooter. Um, just yeah. I was a very 
yeah, just an aggressive basketball player. Gotcha. Okay. You don't have to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's average, I guess. Yeah. So, so when you uh, when you hurt your knee, because I started running uh, after I had uh, ACL reconstruction. That's that's yeah. that's what started me running. So, what what did you do to your knee? What happened to it? Um, it was a kind of a bizarre injury. It wasn't an ACL. Um, I dislocated my fibular head and tore the lateral collateral ligament. And they actually had to remove the top of my fibula bone and then reconstruct um, the LCL. And the tendons had to be, like, reconnected over to my tibia. It was a big, kind of a big deal. I had nerve damage, the perennial nerve. um, So had to have that cleaned up again. And so, yeah, it was... Just a difference. Some, you know, a lot of people haven't heard of that before. Yeah, that that's but, new. So how do how do they? I mean, because you know, when when people hear that, I've had I've had I tore my ACL twice, and uh, the second time I had to I ding my cartilage and meniscus, all that, you know. And so you have like you said it was reconstructed. What did they? How, what did they do? And how does do you feel it now? Does it affect your running? The other, I mean, it's I definitely have more issues on the left side. Um, okay. But it's, too bad. It's more just the nerve now that bothers me, probably from the scar tissue. I don't know, just the nerve down there. Yeah. Um, but the structure I feel is pretty stable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I seem to get a lot of IT band issues always on my left side. And I just don't know if that's kind of related. But my coach, um, Stephanie Amspall, uh, we coached together with Evolve Performance Running. And she's a physical therapist, so she's taking great care of me. And just by strengthening my my butt and my hips, and yeah, uh, that's kind of the answer to everything. So <laughs> nice, nice. Because I still uh, my my first reconstruction, I did pretty good. But after the second, when I messed everything else up, like I, you know, when the weather changes, and you know, and and just sometimes in high high training, or if my diet's kind of funky, you know, it'll get a little inflamed. Yeah. yeah. I think nowadays everything gets inflamed on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but, yeah. Yeah. So, so you played basketball, messed up your knee. I guess you went through rehab and, and after, after, you know, after all that. And so when did you, um, up until that point, had you done like a, a marathon or was it mostly like cross country type stuff? Yeah, I did my first marathon after my knee injury when I was about 19. Okay. Um, and just, fell in love. I did the San Francisco marathon. Nice. Um, did not train well for it at all. And I didn't know really how to train at that point for these long races. Um, I think I ran it in like 350. Um, and I just had fun. It was, it was fun. Um, my dad ended up taking me to the vineyards, the winery out in Napa Valley the next day. And I could barely walk and, (laughs) and they were, we were doing wine sampling and they never, they didn't card me or anything. And I'm just sampling all these different wines, (laughs) stumbling and (laughs) it was, it was fun. And I fell in love and that's when I knew I just wanted to run. Yeah. Yeah. So you did, did you, I mean, you just kept, uh, did you do marathons for, for a bit before you uh, jumped in anything else? Yeah. A long time. I didn't, I think it was about 10 years ago or so that I maybe 12, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago that I did my first 50 K and I had not even heard that there was such a thing. Yeah. Um, was, I ran with my brother a lot training for marathons and we were at a, at the YMCA and running laps around this little indoor track and 
ran into this guy named uh, Mark, wonderful, really cool guy. And he explained, introduced us to these crazy 100-mile races. And we're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> People don't die from this? Um, and then he talked us into trying a 50K, and we did the Huff 50K. Okay. And again, I was like in love. This was, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done because I didn't train again, you know, very <laughs> well as I train now. And this was like mud, like pure mud, the whole course. And we just, I mean, mud covering my face, my whole body. And we could stop. Like, I cannot wait to do this again. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah, totally fell in love and have been gung ho ever since. Nice. Well, did you, um, so you, you did that 50 K and I'm, I'm, I have your, your, uh, ultra sign up, uh, right here. And I noticed you did a, did another one. I think the, uh, Mohican for, forget the PR Mohican 50 K and yeah, that yeah. Was my second one. And then you, you, you did the, you, you actually did for somebody who, um, you know, like you said, you didn't train a whole lot for some of them. You kind of did the, you know, 50 K a couple 50 Ks and then you, you did a 50 miler. So you look like you kind of, you slowly, you know, you didn't just yeah. jump right into a hundred. I, I did. And I tried to be smart about it. And again, I give credit to this, my friend, Mark, um, yeah. he had a lot of experience and he's like, no, you need to kind of take baby steps. And, and I was doing it more just social and for fun. And I didn't have that competitiveness in me. I think, you know, I, I ran some college in cross country as well. Yeah. And I lost that competitiveness, I think, through that. I struggled with eating disorders, which a lot of collegiate runners do. Yeah. And just a lot of just emotional things. And I thought and I, you know, quit being competitive after that. I just didn't wanted to run to stay in shape and socialize. So I didn't really train to win or be competitive early on until I don't know what happened. A light went off in me or went on in me. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I want to do better now. I want to, I want to see what I can do. And then I started training hard and being more competitive. Nice, nice. So you, and and like a lot of people, you know, you, I don't, I don't know what it is about about the trails, about the long distance. I, you know, like when so anybody who's listening and they hear that you just fell in love with it, it, it hurt, it was muddy, it was nasty, and but you <laughs> couldn't wait to do it again. Like they understand. I don't know what it is. It's just. And not everybody has that, I guess, you know, uh, a lot of people do, but not everybody has it that, you know, some people were one and done, but a lot of people just, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what the difference is. Cause I didn't do high school. I wrestled in high school, but I didn't do college sports or anything. And I started running later, but when I started, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I just, don't know. What do you, yeah. What do you think it is? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's just your, gosh, you're, you have to dig so deep. Mm-hmm. and you just learn how much you can, it's like, how much more can I tolerate? How much more pain? You know, these races I'm doing, they get harder and harder every time. Um, I think it's just that accomplishment and knowing you can do more than you ever thought you can do. And yeah. just, I mean, I don't know. You just, it has to be hard. I mean, there's a quote somewhere, the hard is what makes it great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and and every time I've done a distance, well, I I did the stupid way. My first ultra was a was a hundred miler, and I did, oh I, did I, tra- I trained hard for it, and I ran ultra distances in training, you know. But like, even when I did it, and I was spent, I was limping, but inside, like I knew, like I could do more. Like you know, I, there's more there. There's something left, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 
So, so you 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 did it smart, and then I see up, you know, on your ultra sign up, you, you Woodstock is your was that your first hundred miler? My first, yeah, my first hundred miler. Okay, was, was Woodstock. I think it was like twenty three forty something like that. Yeah, yeah, twenty three forty two. Yeah, and there I was told, don't set a time goal, just go out there to finish your first race. Well, I wanted to break twenty four hours, so I had that little goal, and yeah, so that was. That was fun. Did you did you did you get to the point now? You're doing your first hundred miler. You've done fifty miles. I don't see any any hundred k's in there. Did you take your training a little more seriously for that? Yeah, I would say I put in a lot. I didn't. I was not doing any speed work at all. I up until I, not to later on, but yeah, I was getting in a lot more miles um, for sure. Okay, and was this? Uh, I'm not familiar with with that particular race. Is it is it technical? Is it is it hilly? Is it? No, it's it's pretty flat. Um, it's I don't remember the maybe seven thousand okay. feet of elevation, um, fourteen thousand both ways, but and just a couple rudy areas. Um, the most difficult part about that race for me is it starts at I think at four o'clock in the in the afternoon. Oh, okay. So, and I already don't sleep well to begin with. So, yeah. and you can't, you know, I couldn't nap during the day. I tried really hard to take a nap and be rested and I was starting the race. So that first night, you know, you run through the entire night, I'm already tired. Yeah. And so that was, that's the hardest part. I think you have, and you have to run through, you know, if you're a 20 hour mar- or hundred miler, you don't have to run through the entire night. You can be done at midnight or two in the morning or something, but yeah. So that was the hardest part of that race. Yeah, I, I think uh, when I ran my first hundred miler, and and that's yeah, that's that's different because you're starting at night. But even even for you know when you start in the morning and do I used the the sleep deprivation for a hundred miler used to really bother me, but it for hundreds it it doesn't all that much anymore because I know I'm you know I'll, I'll get done you know <laughs> right it doesn't anymore especially if you do a race like Badwater where you're running through two nights because it starts at eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a different challenge yeah yeah so so yeah we need we need to get there so you 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 went on and did you know other 50 milers you did some other 100 milers and so when did Badwater get on your radar and how did you how'd you get in <laughs> yeah well when I first heard about Badwater early on when I first started ultras I thought there's no way I'll ever do this race I just knew I would never do this race and I didn't think I could tolerate, you know, that the heat. And even though I run, I've always been better than most people, I think, in the heat. Yeah. But just the thought of 125 degrees, it's like, God, that just seems really dangerous. Um, so then I ran Western States. And during Western States, you know, you go into the valleys there and you get the really big, it was like 110, I think. Yeah. And I surprised myself with how easy that felt. You know, I just... I didn't, the heat didn't bother me at all. And wow. I just heat training for that. Yeah. So that just showed that I knew how to train um, for the heat and become adapted. So that's when I thought I was actually running Western States when I said, I'm going to do bad water. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so then I looked into how to get in. I applied the first year um, and didn't get in. And so then I said, well, I'm going to try to get in a different way so you can win a couple different races to get an automatic um, entry. Okay. So I won, I went and ran Cape Fear. Okay. 
here is on Bald Head Island, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, it's like 51.4 miles, something like that. And I won that race to get an automatic entry. Um, and you have to, you know, fulfill some other requirements. You have to have at least 300 mile races. And one of them has to be like on their hard list or something. And I had done Western States, which counted for the hard race. Nice. Nice. I didn't I, I like I, I scanned your ultra sign up, but I, I didn't know what year did you do Western States? I think it was oh, yeah. 17. Yeah, yeah, 17. Yeah, there you go. All right, cool. Yeah, not. Yeah, it was a little disappointing um, outcome, but um, it was it was a tough year, I think, for everybody out there. Yeah, I was I was uh, pretty blessed that I got to do it uh, the the quote unquote cool year. Um, I was talking with uh, Jeff Browning and I told him, yeah, I finally got it. and it was still hot in those in, in those canyons and he's like, oh man, it was freezing. I was like, no, it was still hot. I'm you know I'm from South Louisiana with the humidity and everything else and I it was still hot, you know, yeah. but uh, but it was a little cooler, you know. That's when Walmsley just smoked everything and <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's every year can be a little different. Ours, we had the snow. We had the deep snow okay. year. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the first 30 miles was like all snow. And then it turned to like some mud. And I couldn't stay on my feet. I just kept falling. And I, it was my footing. I was wearing my Kings, too. And those yeah. probably, I mean, the best traction. Um, I don't know. I just I struggled to stay on my feet, which I do a lot anyways. They, yeah. My <laughs> friends know, you know, they... They know I fall like constantly. It, it's going to happen. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a skill. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, when when I ran uh, states, there was I think we had about ten miles of snow, and I was not used to. It was kind of. Um, of course, I'm from Louisiana. I live in Oklahoma now, and I was not used to when it, where it was hard and kind of you know your feet are kind of slipping, and I was I didn't you know it was it was rough. It I was. Had, Yep. I had to slow down and, and then sometimes you'd pop, you know, post hole and yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't imagine having 30 miles yep. of that. <laughs> yeah, it got a little old and then, but then, you know, so I was like, I hit a horrible low that first 30 miles. Like I've never been that low that early on in a race. I was yeah. just, oh my gosh. And then during the, the that downhill, you get a long downhill at like maybe after mile 30 or so. Yeah. Something like that. I was just flying. I felt great in the middle, so kind of picked up a lot. It's it's weird that uh, you you know you would used to get uh, get lows later on, but I've had a few times in the past. I don't know. I guess five or six of them. I could say two or three of them. I, I hit lows around like twenty five thirty, and it's kind of like the first time you're like, I got a long way to go. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. not good. Yeah. But, but you bounce back, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think I've done that, too, several times. Um, and one was my very first win. The first time I won a 100-mile race, it was Woodstock the second time I ran it. And, okay. I mean, I was, like, 16 miles in, and I'm feeling low. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And But you turn it around. I yeah. think early on it's because you have so much in front of you still. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking all these negative thoughts, and you just have to shut your mind off for a while and just run do you um so that was your second and you still ran through it and and won uh having uh 
having done, you know, a, a number of ultras and hundred milers, how has your, your mindset, um, I don't know, I guess matured when you're running and when you hit those, those lows, um, what do you tell yourself? What's, what, what's going on in your head? It's just, it's the experience now of knowing it passes, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you keep going, it eventually it passes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, you know, I train, I always remember how hard I trained, yeah, um, yeah. I always have crew with me and I think of them, you know, yeah. I don't want to let them down. Um, and I just know I'm not going to quit, you know, no matter what, it's just going to suck. It's kind of embracing the suck. You just embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Do, do you find you can, uh, because I, I've found now where, uh, somebody's like, how do you, cause I've, I don't know if you're a headphone. Are you a headphones person? Do you do headphones? No. You're racist. Nope. I'll, I'll have them with me and I'll sometimes I'll use them. I've, and I've had where I've listened to a whole audio book during a race. But but many of them, I'll, I'll just nothing. You know, I, I like being embracing it, being there. And so I was like, what do you what do you think uh, about? And I think I, like everything and nothing is my answer, you know, and um, I don't know. I, I, do you get into like a zone like you just kind of and like a time warp? zone type i don't know what you call yeah it? i go through stages you know or cool. sometimes i'm just not there i'm just i don't know you get that flow and that's the best yeah. place to be um and then there's times when i'm thinking trying to break down the race i'm thinking about my pace i'm thinking about the competition and i'm like i need to not do that you know that's where you get you worry too much and you get distressed and it's not as fun so i try not to do that um try to break it down. You know, I just break everything down into small chunks. You know, right now I'm going to focus on, you know, trying not to go too hard because I I tend to go out a little too fast. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think about my kids a lot when I'm out there. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So you, I want to get, I want to get back to Badwater in a minute, but so your first win, I remember my, my first hundred mile win and it was so weird for me because I'm not, I'm used to being kind of doing the chasing, doing the, you know, or just kind of doing my thing and not worried about winning. But when, when I, when you get into that lead, uh, tell me about your, your, how, how fast did you get the lead? Did you take the lead and what was your, your mindset? What were you thinking? Um, so for my first win, I, the girl who was, she was winning for maybe 20 miles or so okay. when I passed her, I think it was on the second loop. It was a 16.6 mile loop um, at Woodstock. And I think it was on the second loop when I passed her. Um, Cause I knew I was being smart there because she went out fast and okay. I knew what my goal was and I knew what pace I needed to stay. And, and I was, I stayed disciplined to my plan and, you know, and then she kind of died down after that. And I ended up winning by a couple hours. Nice. Or something. So, but I've had a couple other really bad races where I've been winning the entire race. Um, one of them was the IT hundred and I was in first place up until mile 92. Oh man. And, <laughs> That was a race where I bonked like you wouldn't believe. Um, After mile 40, I could take in no nutrition. Uh, Uh, My stomach was so horrible. I was so pukey and just nauseated, and I was not drinking enough, and I was it was horrible. I just couldn't take in any calories. Yeah. 
Acer was like, you got to eat. And he'd hand me something and I would try to eat it and I just spit it out. I just couldn't <laughs> chew it. And I ended up, I'm mean, trying to calculate how many calories I got. It was a thousand or less. Wow. Wow, race. So I was so bonked. Mile 92, I ended up, I was freezing. It was raining and a cold rain. And I sat down at the aid station, never sit down. So I've never sat down again at an aid station because um, there comes second place. I'm sitting down. My head is down. I'm in front of the heater trying to get warm. And I'm like falling asleep. And she comes in all happy. Uh, she just off she goes. And I was so defeated. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> worse. worse than that, I was at Thunder Rock. Um I don't know when it was like just like a few months after that I think Thunder Rock and I lost the lead with less than two miles like a mile and a half to go oh my goodness yeah so after that I'm like I'm never going to let this happen again so that anyway. that's tough that's so tough yeah and and well, one of the things I love about our sport is is um is there is a camaraderie and like I'll I'll ra- you know I have a good I'll have friends that I'm running with and you know we're gonna race you know like mm-hmm. we're I'm gonna try to beat them and then after you know we'll talk about it we'll high five and right, I've made friends you know I've won we've won or lost and we talked after I, it's a healthy competition it's what it should be and so but still do you um so in that first one you won you know when when you passed the girl. Did did was there some gaming there? Did you? I mean, you you did cross country. Did you pass ag- aggressively? Yep. <laughs> you made a move. Well, the funny thing was, I didn't even know I passed her. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I I had a pacer. Wait, so it must have been. Yeah, I had a pacer then. So I'm trying to think. You couldn't have a pacer until your third loop. Hmm. So I passed her not until my third loop. Okay. So it had to be after 50k. Okay. But anyways, I was with the because he was like, oh, you just took first place. Like I did. Yeah, you just beat. You just passed her. And she was off on the side, maybe having issues, and I didn't even notice. It was dark already because that was a 4 o'clock start. Right, right. So I didn't even know I passed her. But, okay. yeah, typical. I mean, sometimes that competitiveness gets in you. But I think usually I'm just like I almost feel bad for passing. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm like, hey, great job, and, you know, keep it up. And then, But, yeah, I don't really do that. Like in cross country, yeah, you want to pass with yeah. purpose and – make a statement that you're feeling great and they're not going to catch you, but not in this sport. Yeah. I think this sport and we're too nice to each other. One. Well, and that's the thing I, I want to, um, I don't want somebody to be having issues and that's why I win. Like I want to, I want us to be like, I want to beat you. If I beat you, it's at your, you know, you're doing well and you're still proud of your outcome and you know, or whatever, you know, like, and I, and, I do that. I encourage people all, you know, I, I love that when somebody passes me, they're encouraging me or, and vice versa, okay. you know? Um, but you know, I'm going to try to win, but you know, yeah, I, I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm very, I mean, some people are just born competitive and we want to do the best we can, but yeah, at the same point, it's just kind of the setting where we're out there doing kind of bettering ourselves and doing better than we did last time. And yeah. we're, being competitive with ourselves versus other people. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so let's, let's get back to bad water. Um, you, you got into bad water. Um, and, uh, I, I just, uh, a friend of mine, I, who was on this week's uh, podcast, he, he did bad water twice. And he, he, he shared with me, uh, on the podcast, he was like, when I found out I got in, I ain't gonna lie, I cried. He was so excited. <laughs> he was excited. He was so excited to get in. 
Um, and but but there's something about it. And, you know, uh, when you get there and so you fi- you get in and you're you're at the starting line, what's going through your mind? It's probably hot as Hades out there, you know, yes. what's going through your mind when you're about to start the bad water? I was so anxious. Um, it was like 117 at least. It might have been a little hotter. Um, I had the 11 o'clock start at night. Yeah. So it was crazy. 11 at night, it's over 117. That's, That's so crazy. Um, but I was so anxious because and very upset. I was very upset with myself because I couldn't sleep the days leading up to it. Yeah. I just, the energy, and I like I said, I struggle with sleep. I always have. So I've tried so hard every night. You know, I think we got there on a Friday or Thursday and the race is on Monday night and Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. I think I got like an hour of sleep each night. That was it. I could not. Oh, man. So I'm like, so I was like panicked. So then Monday, I'm like, I have to sleep during the day. I just have to. And because I just I think it was the pressure of needing to sleep so bad. I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I, I hate was that. In tears. I was in tears. I was like to try. I think I just tried too hard. Yeah. And so I went on the starting line at 11 o'clock at night, like dead tired. <sighs> Go to sleep. So I'm starting. To, but then the adrenaline gets going. Um, and then I'm like, okay, this is great. This is fun. I've got the adrenaline will keep me and I'll just keep moving. And so then it was exciting. And, you know, yeah. it was cool until that second night. Yeah, that's when the sleep deprivation just took over. Yeah. Did you um, um, what kind of uh, crew did you have? Like who did how did you uh, pick your crew out for Badwater? Because your crews, I mean, you have to have it and it's essential to success out there. Oh, I had the most amazing crew. I mean, really great friends. My best friend, Stephanie, my we are coaching partners. OK, um, her and her husband, uh, Mike, and he's the director of the IT hundred. Okay. Um, very experienced ultra marathon runner. In fact, he mentored me for my very first hundred. Nice. So having him there was just like, like very reassuring. Um, mm. It's great to have him. And then um, good running friends of mine and just keeping, I knew they would keep the energy going. You know, they were yeah. like little kids in a candy shop. They loved being out there and bad, you know, doing bad water, such an epic race. And they were so full of energy. So it was a great combination. I had, you know, my Stephanie is very detail oriented and making sure all the calories are counted and the electrolytes and just very everything on track and very serious. And then I had the the light, you know, the energetic and the fun of the other guys. So it was it was perfect. We had so much fun. Yeah. Did you um, I mean, the, the heat and with the sleep deprivation, did you hallucinate much out there? I did once. Okay, okay. <laughs> I did once, and I think that was more sleep deprivation. Um, <clears throat> I used yeah. to hallucinate quite a bit in these hundreds, and that was before I changed my diet and became more fat adapted. Okay. So I think that makes a big difference. I mean, I've, we should do research on that, but I think people who are fat adapted maybe don't hallucinate as much. Um, but for this race, I saw I started seeing telephone poles falling on me. <laughs> Nice. And they're all like falling down like a dominoes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, you know, come to think of it, since I've since I've gone more fat adapted, 
um, the only time I've had weirdness was it was at Tahoe 200, and, and it was that was definitely 100% sleep deprivation. But I haven't um, I haven't had any kind of uh, you know hallucinations or anything like that. So I don't know. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about. It. I had to ask Jeff Browning about it or something when we when yeah, I, I <laughs> any research in that. Um, yeah. That's- so- so you do you you do uh, fat adapted? How, tell well tell me about that um, because uh, that one of the questions I do like to ask people uh, you know is is what are you what are you eating normally and and then what do you what do you do during the race? So so how how are you doing? What's your what's your normal diet look like when you're training? Yeah, so I do. <clears throat> I switched over to keto. Um, well, not really. I wouldn't say complete. I mean, I okay. I tried keto more strict in the beginning. And that's when things turned around for me. Um, that's when I hired Stephanie to kind of coach me with nutrition and um, strength training. Yeah. And she encouraged me to try the the low carb because of my um, nutri or my digestive issues during races. Yeah. And just how it gets so nauseous. And after, like I said, after 40 miles or so, I just couldn't eat. Yeah. So by switching to becoming fat adapted, you know, then you don't have to constantly taking calories i could just burn my body fat if i can't eat anymore then it's it's okay i'm used to burning body fat and it made that i mean the first race after after switching i ran the saint pat's 24 hour and my goal there was to break the men's record um which was like 126 and i know people were like oh that's kind of a lofty goal and they kind of you weren't real confident, and I, I ended up running 128.3 or something. Nice, nice. And it was perfect. Like, it was the most perfect race, except for I did have some bathroom issues near the end where I just had to go, like, yeah. a lot of bathroom stops. Um, and my foot was kind of hurting at the end. But up until then, I had no box, even energy the entire 24 hours. Yeah. Like, if it hadn't been for all these bathroom stops, I could have just kept going and going and so I just knew this bad adaptation, you know, being keto made a big difference for me. Yeah. So, so you, um, and, and a lot of people ask like me, you know, like, what do you do? What do you eat, eat during a race? So for that one and, and in, in your subsequent races, your fat adapted leading into the race, what, what are you drinking and eating during the race? So drinking, <clears throat> I really like the goo tabs, um, which are okay. like, like noon or, but they're goo. Okay. Um, I, I like flavor. I just so I use those a lot because um, you, you have to have a lot more electrolytes if you're doing low carb. Um, uh-huh. You you just need more salt and all the electrolytes. So I pretty much drink that constantly and no plain water. Um, eating wise, you know, I re- I might try to start off the race doing low carb, maybe like bacon, avocado, um, things like that, but. Um, Anyways, so yeah, starting off the race, I would eat more lower carb. I like um, turkey avocado wraps, Mm. um, maybe some fat bombs, um, I don't know, whatever I can tolerate, egg bites, things like that, lower carb. Then, you know, once you get into the race later on, it doesn't matter anymore. I just eat whatever I feel like I can eat. Yeah. Um, Having, you know, even carbs, totally fine. Um, now what I do is I train, I do carb cycling. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You know, I can eat 
I can burn body fat and I can burn carbs. Mm. So I might do two days a week where I'm eating more carbs. Um, and typically I time that when I'm doing speed workouts. Mm-hmm. So I'll eat more carbs the night before I do a speed workout. Um, and then the other days I'm doing lower carbs. So yeah, I can, it's the best of both worlds. So when you, um, and, and because I'm playing around with this too, because once, you know, I've been, I've been doing fat adapted for a while. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're not careful, you won't have that pop when you do speed work and stuff. So when you say you up your carbs, are you eating like, um, uh, like a normal person carb carbs or yeah. Okay. So you just kind of like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Pizza. I, <laughs> that's when I have fun. Okay. <laughs> you know, if I want to make some chocolate chip cookies and yeah. muffins and whatever, more fruits, um, yeah, I eat, yeah, I like fruit a lot. You know, fruit actually has a lot of carbs in it. So, yeah. you know, I like. So, um, and when you, and and I know, you know, I, I, we call it keto because a lot of people know keto, but it's more like you like you said earlier, low carb normally. Do you do you count your carbs, or you just kind of eat and you know what? Yeah. Yeah, in the very beginning, I did. I did it pretty very strict. Um, but I think you have to find your own kind of balance. And I think it's, you know, some people need a little more than others. Yeah. Um, I really just try to stay under like, I don't know, like 80 grams. Yeah. Um, and that works fine for me. And that's that's probably about where I am, especially especially when we're putting in putting in miles, you know, uh, high, high mileage. And, and uh, um, so speaking of, of mileage, so when you got serious about training and you got, you got somebody to coach you, um, you started doing some speed work, which, which, you know, for a while people were like, you don't need speed work for ultras, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it helps. It's good. It, it you know, does. yeah, it has a lot of, a lot of benefits. Um, how many like do you is your uh, chart like by hours or by miles like how many miles do you put in and hours do you put in a week yeah i usually do miles um i will peak i'll do maybe three or so weeks of 100 mile okay i get about 100 miles in um actually training for badwater this year that was canceled i was trained so well i had done maybe seven or eight 100 mile weeks okay and was very ready but I don't like I try not to do junk miles mm. so I do a lot of um just quality good quality runs probably two or three speed workouts um for bad water I did maybe two speed workouts and one hill workout a week and then a long a long run um I don't really believe in the back-to-back long runs as much as a lot of people do okay um so I just I make sure I get a one long run in and then the other runs are more speed work and other types of things I focus on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I like those back to back long runs. My <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. And yeah. I mean, there's it definitely, and in, in the beginning I did that a lot, but yeah. I think if you're doing a lot of speed work, um, that's just an extra stress that's going to lead to more injury and yeah. burnout. Um, so, and it just hasn't always worked out well for me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you have to listen to your body. And that's what I tell everybody. And I, I coach a, you know, a few runners and, you know, I'm always asking questions, you know, hey, tell me how this is treating you. You know, when when I ask for comments, put your comments because everybody's, you know, different and, and everybody handles volume and different amounts of volume differently, you know. Right. Um, yeah. 
So, um, so you trained up and you did, you did the year you did bad water. Um, you got it done. Um, and evidently, okay. So a lot of people do these, you know, especially a bad water and like, okay, I'm one and done. Woohoo. I'm done. But I, I didn't realize you were supposed to go back this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I wanted, again, it's my competitiveness. I know I can do much better. I know if I get to sleep, you know, I was falling asleep that second night, like on the ground. At one point I was in the middle of the highway falling asleep. It's terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Oh man, what 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 did your uh oh I got it right here. What did your time end up being for for that bad water? Gosh, like just over thirty four hours. Yeah, yeah thirty four sixteen. Which which for bad. I mean that's a that's you got it done. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be closer to thirty. Yeah, uh, that would be my goal. Nice. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, you got a, got another year, just almost another year to prepare now. So. Yeah, sadly, but I have some good tools to help me sleep. You know, I've got some CBD oil that I've been using that works really well. Um, yeah. Melatonin and some other supplements. So hopefully I can get some better sleep leading up to the race. Yeah. And, you know, um, sleep with with as you, you, you're doing well with all these races, but, uh, the more research and more people that, uh, professionals I've heard, like sleep is, is huge. Uh, before I moved here to Oklahoma, I, um, when, when I lived in Louisiana, I started work early in the morning. So I, I'd get up super early to run and I'd always end up going to bed really late. So I wasn't getting a lot of sleep at night. And when, when I came here, I, I was, my, my work schedule and all was different where I was getting more sleep. And that's when I really started to hit my stride and doing better in races and PRing mm-hmm. hundred milers. And uh, I mean, there was some other things too, but, but sleep is huge. And so, man, if you, if you get in a handle on that, I'm excited to see what you're going to do. <laughs> it really is. I mean, they say the most important thing for recovery is, is sleep better than yeah. anything. Yeah. Especially after putting in, you know, speed work and then, and then, you know, that adaptation happens afterwards, you know? Um, yeah. Wow. So, well, good. You got, you got a, a handle on that. So how many, how many races did, did you have canceled this year? Oh, <laughs> did you God. lose count? Yeah, I was sad. So after I did bad water, I was like, I need to find something. So I signed up for Habanero. Okay. This is going to be perfect. This is hot. You know, I can, I'm trained for this. Um, I was really excited. I found a really wonderful trail up in the Indiana Dunes that was very sandy because Habanero is known for a lot of sand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this great trail. It was beautiful, and I did a lot of sand training, um, and I felt really ready. And then, of course, <laughs> it got canceled. Yeah. Um, and then I think then I did, I attempted the Shawnee Hills. Okay. Um, and that was another, oh, yeah, that was not a good ending <laughs> to that race. Oh, oh, you didn't, you fell and hit your head or something I saw, didn't yes. you? It was it, awful. And you um, were smoking it, like you were. It was, yeah. <sighs> All that training, I was so ready and so trained and feeling amazing. And I was, you know, I can't really remember. I think I fell around mile 62. Yeah. Um, I can't remember anything after mile 40. So, but I know that first it's a 32 mile loop or something like that. And the first lap, I was just feeling great. I had an hour lead on the second place. 
I think I was second overall. There was one guy ahead of me. Yeah. And then the second loop, um, yeah, I was just killing it. I think I had, I was like 12 and a half hours for the 100K. And the men's record was 1340 or something. Oh, man. And I was really happy because I'm not a technical runner. So Uh I was really anxious. This is a very technical course. Very technical. Um, A lot of just rocks everywhere. I mean, big boulders you're climbing over. um, Hillier than what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, I guess there was torrential rain. Just, you know, the cloud just burst and rain and the whole trail went to mud. And again, I don't remember the rain or anything. Um, <laughs> so, and all I do remember is I really had to slow down um, going through that technical area. There's like four miles of these big boulders and rocks. And I got mad, a little frustrated with myself for how slow I was going. So I started panicking, thinking, oh, my gosh, they're going to catch me because um, I'm not great with the technical stuff. Because, again, I have some neurological issues from a stroke that I had. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So my okay, we need to talk about that. So my balance just sucks horribly. Okay. So I got really mad, not really mad, but just frustrated and worried that they were going to catch me because I took. So then there's this big runnable section for like the next 10 miles or so. So I think what was in my head was I've got to make up time here. So I'm going to run strong on the flat runnable section and that's when the rain hit so i think it it was really like stephanie said it was the slickest mud she'd ever seen it was very slippery in fact she fell walking out to when they were trying to find me um so i think that's what i think i was just going too aggressive in the mud and they say i took a turn it was like a kind of a downhill and then it curved at the bottom of the hill and as I turned, my feet just went out from under me, and I went back on my back and hit my head, like, hard. And so, luckily, there were there was a nurse practitioner and three Marines. And, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. And they apparently walked me. It was two over two and a half miles to the aid station. Yeah. So, they pretty much were, like, carrying me. Like, I was so out of it. Um and the nurse practitioner said my eyes weren't evenly dilated and they were all panicked. Oh man. So they had the ambulance call, but they couldn't come out there. So they walked me like two and a half miles through this mud. And all I remembered, I mean, I don't remember any of this. The only thing I remember was getting out of Stephanie's car later on and puking in a cemetery. <laughs> nice. That's a great first memory yeah. dive too. Yeah. I thought it was someone's backyard. I'm like, was I puking in someone's backyard? She's like, no, that was a cemetery. <laughs> oh. Well, I saw the post and they said that you thought it was 2018 and, and just yeah. 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 I mean, I you cussed pretty good. Yeah, I thought I was in Chain of Lakes, which is where I run in Indiana. I was like, oh, we're at Chain of Lakes and <laughs> I didn't know what the city I lived in. It was, I'm just, yeah, embarrassing. And I had quite a headache for about two weeks, you know, just bad headaches. But, I mean, I'm feeling great. And vertigo, like really bad vertigo. Wow. But, yeah, I'm great now. Like, nothing happened, so. Well, thank God. Thank God. You know, what a blessing that you've recovered and, you know, nothing, no long-lasting issues. I probably had enough head injuries. I don't know what's one more. (laughs) Yeah. 
you got used to it. <laughs> yeah. So so let's go back to the the stroke thing that you just dropped out there. So when did when did you have a stroke? Um, what happened? Two years ago or something. I have lupus. I have systemic lupus. Okay. Okay. Um, and I have what's called antiphospholipid syndrome, which goes along with lupus. is common in people with lupus. So this was after. So this must have been. Let's see, when did I ran Badwater in 2018, 19? Yes, so I think so. Yeah. This happened in 2018. It was right after I paced at Badwater. So I crewed and paced there. And um, sunlight is a big trigger for lupus. And my lupus can affect um, the nerve, the brain. So it just kind of causes inflammation in the nerves, in the blood vessels, and all that. Okay. So at some point, I had um, a mild stroke. You know, look, I was in the hospital for about a week and did some rehab, had left side weakness, um, and it really messed up my balance. Hmm. So I did a lot of, but again, I'm blessed that Stephanie's a physical therapist and she, <laughs> you know, helped me a lot with, with recovering. Um, so yeah, that was very, that was challenging. And that was before desert solstice that I ran. So that was about six months, I think before desert solstice. Um, wow. And so you're still able to, to, to do desert solstice and, and desert solstice. I mean, you just threw that out there, but, um, you ran hundred miles at desert solstice in 1637. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. That was, that's, yeah, that's pretty pretty awesome. That's a huge bounce back for being a you know in the hospital with a stroke. I mean, <laughs> it was rough. I mean, because again, I tried. I probably was not very responsible with my training, and I was des- You know, I was panicked, and I wanted to get ready for. I wanted. You know, I hear I'm running Desert Solstice with a bunch of elite runners. Yeah. And I was invited to. I'm like, I don't want to go there, and and people think I don't belong there. So I wanted yeah. to do something well. Um, so I increased my mileage when I was training like super fast. You know, I went from hospital bed to like 80 miles a week (laughs) (laughs) really fast. So then my hip started hurting and probably about a month before the race, I was having some hip pain. I'm like, Oh crap. What's this? I just thought I was overtraining and all that. So about 40 miles into desert solstice, I'm feeling it like bad. I'm like, Oh my God, this hurts like hell. Um, and it got really, it got intolerable. I wanted to do the 24 hour. My ultimate goal was to make the 24 hour team um, okay. and get like 140 miles. Um, yeah. But I couldn't go after 100 miles. It just, I could barely walk. It was just awful. So I ended up having a femoral head stress fracture. <laughs> and again, so that was probably a combination of increasing my miles really fast. And I was on prednisone. Yeah. Um, and which weakens the bones um, for my lupus. And then the week, it was on my left side, which was weaker from the stroke as well. Yeah. It's a lot of things not going well. Yeah, domino effect, just boom, boom. (laughs) Your body's like, please chill, Susie. Yeah. So then I was forced. I was non-weight bearing, I think, for six weeks. Um, And then slowly was very careful this time getting back into it um, to get ready for bad water. It's it's crazy. Okay, I I I hear what you're saying, and I'm thinking, oh, I can't believe you did that. But like, we come to this, like we think, I don't know, we we do these things, and and you can feel like bulletproof, and like, like I, I don't know, like even with a setback, you're like, I can push through, I can bounce back, and you know, uh, 
I don't know if you uh, read any of David Goggins. I remember turning my ankle at mile 19 of a hundred miler and it was nasty and swelling and I'm running through the woods going, can't hurt me, can't hurt me, you know, (laughs) and I I finished the race and, uh, but it was just kind of, I don't know, there's that balance there where we, you know, we, I want to, we want to be able to run a long time, but we, 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 sometimes we've got to be careful not to be our own worst enemy. (laughs) We're not always the smartest, you know, yeah, I don't always practice what I preach to my running clients either, you know. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like though, like you, you, you've got your your friend Stephanie though. It, I think it helps to have other people who who know us. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and can you know, I don't know, maybe maybe sometimes they could be enablers, but sometimes they can be like, hey, you probably really need to take it easy for a little. <laughs> yeah, and I get that a lot from her. I mean, yeah, yeah. I have. She makes me stay disciplined and. And smart. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't realize that when you know, I didn't realize the things that you had have been through physically, you know, when I asked to, to interview you. So, like, I, I, you know, I was looking at what you what you've been doing. I was like, re- mad respect. Well, now it's it's even more like, you know, <laughs> to, to have overcome those things and to, to keep pushing through. And then you're also you're a mom, um, you know, and, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad. And so I've got to you know, do my early morning training and stuff. How do you get these, you know, get these 80 mile, hundred mile weeks in, uh, what do you do? It's, it's challenging for sure. Um, but I try to do my long runs on Fridays. Okay. Um, I don't work Fridays. I work Monday through Thursday. Yeah. My schedule is very flexible. I'm a behavior consultant and I make my own schedule. Okay. Yeah. So I usually have, you know, I get the kids off to school and I get my run in and then I see my clients, you know, in the afternoon and okay. sometimes evenings. And then Fridays I do my long runs. So do a lot of paperwork in the evenings as well for my job. But, yeah, you just try to squeeze it in. I used to be able to run real early in the morning, but not anymore. I'm just, God, I don't know what's up with me. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, Saturdays, like. I might, I'll get up and do like a seven, seven o'clock run with a group of people I know, but it's really hard during the week to get up at 4.45 and meet it. You know, I used to do that. I used to get up at four something in the morning and start my run at five. And, yeah. you know, it feels good when you do that. You got it done. And that, yeah, I need a little, my body needs a little more time now to get going. Yeah, I can, I, I do it, but now I, I can get to bed a little earlier. So, you know, I get get some sleep and you know if i so i'm, I'm the still the early bird but do uh what's a behavior consultant um so i work a lot with people who has have autism okay uh, other developmental disabilities but a majority of my clients have autism oh, and okay. i just help you know i work i write behavior plans i train um families and staff who work with um people both adults and children and kind of help them with their behaviors and um, learning life skills and huh. coping skills and all of that. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's challenging, but very rewarding, too. And I have a my nine year old um, boy has autism. OK, well. OK. So, yeah, something that's very close to my heart. And um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, um, it, like like a lot of things you know, people just, you, I guess you help give people the tools they need to, as, as uh, someone with autism and the family to help, help their kids and all. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh, like coaching. I mean, I, 
coaching runners and coaching people with autism and people who are help people with autism. So, yeah, well, that that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, that's rewarding on both both ends there, because um, I don't know. I love seeing people succeed. Um, and so both of those are very rewarding to see people succeed in, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, you've, you, you, you've done amazing things through, through all these, uh, even setbacks. And then I I'm looking here and, you know, in, in ultra sign up where they got like a light green on the things you've got coming up and mm-hmm. I see, uh, across Florida, 200 miler. So, um, you're pushing the limits, like we talked. You, you, you think you, there, there's more. Well, well, Susie said there's more, and so this race across is this is the first year for that race. Yes, this I is thought the first so. One. Okay. Yeah. All right. So tell me about uh, I don't know about how that how you signed up for this and what you're doing differently to train for it and what you're expecting. Yeah. So my friend Patsy, um, she was the one I paced and crewed at Badwater. Okay. Um, wonderful, beautiful woman. Um, she said she might run this race and she told me about it and like, what is this race? And never heard of it. And so I looked into it and it looked just, I don't know, it intrigued me. So, um, it's the first year for it, but I'm it just looks beautiful. It's run on the cross Florida trail. Mm-hmm. And I guess they have this trail system that goes all the way across Florida. Nice. And so it's not, it's, you know, I was thinking it's going to be road or something similar to Badwater, but no, you're on trail for a great majority of the race. Um, I think there's that Ocala National Forest um, trails you go through there and it looks beautiful. So it goes, does it go across part of the, the peninsula area? Is that where it goes across? It goes west to east. So it, the finish is at the St. Augustine. Okay. Um, which is cool because that's the oldest city in the United States, which yeah, I've never been there. Um, so that's where you finish, and it starts kind of down south, all the way on the west coast, but a little more south. And I don't remember the name, the little town where it's by, but so you kind of run east, and then you kind of go up north a little bit, like northeast, and then east again, and then the last six miles are along are on the beach nice. to finish. Well, that. That's that's awesome. So how are you um, how are you training for this? Not really anything different than I did for Badwater. Um, I'm going to just put in the same amount of miles, do my speed work, keep my running economy good and um, focus on I'm going to do some a couple long runs where I really focus on like a run walk, which I don't do anymore. in like regular 100 mile races, you know, my first few I did a run walk in the beginning yeah. Um, now I just kind of try to run as much as I can, <laughs> but yeah. for this, I have to really pace myself. You're not going to just go out and run a hundred miles and think you can run another hundred miles. Exactly. So yeah, I'm going to do more, you know, like a set run walk interval from the get go. Yeah. Um, not really sure what else to do. I've been trying to read race reports on other people who have run 200 mile races to see if I can find any, advice or you know what has worked for them what hasn't worked um i i don't believe in really doing any long runs more than like a 50k yeah to train maybe a 50 miler but you really need enough time to recover from that so my long runs will be about the same just 50k long run um 
Yeah, I think it's going to be more strategy and mental. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I did the the Tahoe 200 in 2018, and much of my training, like you said, I I did similar to what I did for um for 100 miles. I threw in, I was able to throw in a couple um. I did 50 mile races back to like a week apart mm-hmm. um, and uh, th- just to for stress. But but everything else, I just you know, up my mileage a little bit from 100 miles. But I actually for 100 miles, I, my max I usually put in is 80. Um, and um, and it, I mean, I've, I finished, you know, uh, and I'm kind of doing the same. I had races set up. Uh, I'm doing Moab, uh, the Moab 240 in uh, uh, four weeks and, you know, kind of kind of doing the same, you know, it worked last time. And, uh, my strategy is a little going to be a little different with sleep. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I'm going to plan my sleep instead of sleeping when, when I'm bobbing and weaving across. <laughs> yeah. You know? How much did you sleep? I slept a total, I finished in 73 hours. Um, you know, of course this is, you know, it was real mounts, you know, mountains right. and, um, and I ended up sleeping, uh, about three and a half hours total, uh, between some, some set naps. And then, um, I took some, <laughs> a few naps on the side of the trail here and there. I don't, are they going to have sleep stations at this yeah, one? Yeah, I think there's going to be three. So okay. I think I'm going to plan in, I always plan a big pacing chart for every single race. Same, same here. Yeah. I'm a nerd like that. Yeah. yeah. Follow it. But at least I, 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 so I'm going to assign like a couple places where I sleep, maybe a 90 minute or something. Yeah. Do you, do you know who Ben Light is? Uh, no, I don't ben, think so. Ben Light, he, he's also a ultra guy, and uh, he's done the Triple Crown of 200. He's done a lot of 200s with Mike McKnight and stuff. And so uh, one of the things I've heard him say is to plan uh, – he plans uh, 90 minutes of sleep at, you know, each night because um, you, get, you can get three sleep cycles. Um, and so I'll probably – I don't know if I'll go 90 minutes, but uh, I didn't sleep until the second night, and I was – I was delirious. So, uh, you know, um, I, I think I'm going to plan some strategic sleep and I think I would have done a lot better. I wasted a lot of time moving really slow and half asleep on the trail. Right. So, yeah, I think yeah. it makes a huge difference. I mean, I, I used to run with a guy who would just take a little 10 minute cat nap yeah. and it was enough to rejuvenate him. And he was like brand new. Yeah, I'm great at those power naps in in my regular life, and and I, I took a few of those, and I'm gonna plan a few of those too, and or just when I need, you know, just get on the side of the trail, and 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 it'll help. But um, another guy, uh, Taylor Spike, who who I was running with with Tahoe at the beginning, I passed him up. He was sleeping like at 50 miles, he was sleeping on the side of the trail, and then he came flying past me later on and ended up placing third, you know, just because he was just real strategic with his sleep. He earns his sleep, he said. So I don't know. You know, so pl- pl- plan for sleep before you have to. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and eat like a pig at the aid station. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I fueled up big time at aid stations. It helped. Right. So, yeah. So, so after, and hopefully, I mean, it's Florida and it's in November. So hopefully that, you know, it, the race still happens. Um, so, yeah, I, it's been such a, such a trying year, man. I, I've been able to get a few hundreds in here, you know, um, you know, to, uh, with, I've got three in so far. And so I'm glad I was able to, to do some, you know, um, 
And but I, I I don't know, just ready to get back to some some normal. Even if we have to take a few precautions for mm-hmm. the race, I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I did yeah. one in Colorado recently and uh, we had to you know wear masks at aid stations and all. And I'm OK with that. That's yeah, fine. Just let, let me let, let me race. <laughs> right, the same thing as Shawnee <laughs> had to have a face covering at the aid station. Like, fine. Yeah, we're running. That's all I need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to wear it the whole time I'm running, but you know, if I can aid station or when I'm next to somebody. Um, do Do you have okay? Obviously, you're gonna do um next year. You're gonna do Badwater. Um, what are you? What are your big plans beyond you know the Florida 200? What you have any other that you just you gotta get done? You want to do that's the only one that I thought about is Spartathlon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Moab. I mean, I want to hear about Moab after you run it. Okay. So I've thought about that one too. Yeah, it's, I, I've never been. I've never been there. And so I love, like when I did Tahoe, I'd never been. And so I love going to a place and just, and running it. So I think we're going to do a podcast with it where um, I'll probably uh, do some before and my wife's going to record, she's, she, she's going to crew me and she'll record, ask me questions at the aid stations. And then we'll do a kind of a recap after and what worked and didn't work and what I'll never do again. <laughs> <You> know, <it's> like, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. And a bigs backyard. I've, I've kind of, that's piqued my interest too. Uh, well, I could, you know, with, with, with the things you've, you've overcome and pushed through, cause that one's, that's, that's a, that looks like you'd need just some, some grit and some, some toughness. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see you, uh, you know, get yeah. out there and, and do what you can with it. That'd be awesome. Yes. That's one that I'm, yeah, someday. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I, uh, yeah, I'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see you do that. Uh, um, the uh, I'll be curious to see too how how you do how you do in the 200 and you know um, because when I did Tahoe like I was supposed to do the Triple Crown this year but of course you know much of them, I, that's going to be my my next year uh, I'll, I'll hopefully be able to do it if we're racing normally again but uh, I'll be curious to see if you you know, drink the 200 Kool-Aid and how much you end up wanting to push it. Cause there's a lot of 200s coming up, you know, there's a bunch of them starting to pop up everywhere. Yeah. I just, I don't know what to expect. I just, I hope I don't hit a low at like mile 20. Like we talked about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight miles to go, but yeah, I just don't know what to expect. I think we'll just see. Yeah. What's the cutoff for that one? Or, uh, like nine, 80 or 90 miles. Or an hour, sorry, 80 okay. or 90 hours, I think. Um, okay. Something right around there. My, I have, you know, I always have lofty goals. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah, I'd so, love to hit 48 hours to get saved. Did yeah, yeah. I'd to do that, but we'll see. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not try? Why not give it a shot? And if you end up having to back off of it, uh, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. you have goal B and goal C. So. Yeah. Do uh, are they going to have live tracking for that? They said, yeah, you have to wear a tracker, GPS, okay, and yeah, you can follow the runners. So good, good. Well, okay. well, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that and uh, it, it seeing how you do on there. Well, I love, I love watching those long ones because you know, like we're we're sleeping and living life and checking. You know, oh, oh Susie's at mile 143, and <laughs> I've slept and went to work and did all these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just following someone with that. What is the run for the ages? Um, 
what is the name of that race? Laz's race. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Across the, the ages. Yeah. Yeah, so I was following a friend there, and that was fun. That's another race I would do some someday. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, well, Susie, uh, I, I have to ask about uh, shoes. <laughs> so what's your favorite trail oh, shoe? It, again, it depends on, I guess, the, the actual race and the train. I love the Superiors. Love really? the Superiors. Um, they're just, because I'm more minimal. I like the minimal lightweight shoes. So if I can wear the superiors, I will. Now, I won't be able to wear them the whole hundred, so I'd probably switch to the temps. I love the temps as well. Um, For Shawnee, I wore the Kings, I think, in the beginning because they have great traction and it's slippery rock and all that. So those are probably my three favorites, superiors and the temps and the Kings. And then I do a lot of road running as well because, you know, Badwater is all road. And so the Torrin Plush are probably my favorite oh nice man i uh my first hundred was in the uh the original superiors and uh i had two pair that i swapped out halfway through and those things were they're so comfortable but i don't know for some reason i i started i guess as i've gotten a little older i need more cushion so yeah uh, so i've been leaning more to i did lone peak for a while and i'm loving the temps and i just got Mm -hmm. a pair of the temp 2.0s and so for I'll be probably mostly wearing the Olympus um, for for Moab, but uh, uh, Olympus and Temps a little on the heavier side. So, yeah, yeah the Olympus a little heavy for me, and my tripping hazard. I mean, I fall <laughs> and the extra there, I'm just bound to hit. Yeah, more likely to hit a root and, and go down. Yeah, yeah, nice. What are you using um, for uh, for your like GPS? Um, I just got the new Coros. Okay. Um, the Coros. Was Apex, Apex or something? Yeah, yeah I really like yeah. it um, a lot. Um, so, although I just left my charger at the hotel at Shawnee Hills, probably <laughs> probably an effect of my concussion or something. So I just yeah. haven't ordered. Just ordered a new one. Oh man, I wish they would, I wish they'd come up. I hate proprietary stuff like that. You know, like can everybody just use the same charger, please? Yeah, yeah. I just want to. <laughs> run to walmart and grab a new charger i don't want to wait the five days for it to be mailed to me exactly well at least coros has a good battery life <laughs> i don't do. know if it's that long but <laughs> i know it can if i do my goal of 48 hours it should last my whole race yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> well um so um last thing if 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 anybody is uh thinking about getting into this sport Somebody who's, uh, you know, maybe thinks they can't do it. They're on their couch or, or maybe run a few races, just just anywhere. And, and they, they're, they're thinking they want to jump into the, the ultra distances. What, what would you tell somebody that that's considering it? Oh, gosh, it is a life changing thing. I mean, life. Oh, it's so rewarding and magical. And you're going to meet the neatest, most wonderful people. Um, you're going to see the most beautiful places. Um, it can just bring you anywhere, things you've never expected in this world. So, yeah, it's changed my life in a million ways. And anyone right. can do it. I mean, look at me, brain damage and <laughs> total <laughs> guilt. And, um, yeah, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Hey, I like that, though, because you can always make excuses, right? You can. Everybody, yeah, there's always excuses, but anyone can do it. 
I love it. I love it. My, my interview with uh, Matt last week, he said the exact almost almost exact same thing. Like, you know, we're not we're not special, but we you know, anybody can put in the work and and, and get it done. Yeah. Yeah, nice. for sure. Nice. Well, Susie, uh, uh, you encourage me, inspire me with everything that you've done. And uh, I look forward to following you uh, in Florida and some of your other races. And uh, yeah, just keep on trucking and keep killing it out there. I will. Thank you so much. And I look forward to watching your progress at Moab as well. Well, thank you. And thanks so much for being on the podcast. Appreciate yeah. it. Anytime. Thank you. 